Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this me, guy. The guy with the amazing fast lightning fists. How's Jason it going? Smith. Oh my God, Cliff Dorfman. I want to welcome everybody today to a very special Stuck at Home, uh, the show where um, we share all the shows we love and want you to love. Um, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream and where to stream it, but whoo, what a day. Yeah, what a day, but <laughs> I just want to say, like, uh, Cliff Dorfman's got me on this regimen a little bit, and he, he, you know, he's got me boxing and punching. I'm telling you what today, I feel like a superhero. I'm punching, I'm punching do, so fast. How do you feel? Do you feel invincible? Oh, I'm so fast that the DJs say, damn. <laughs> I mean, this, hey, we... Okay, so today, sometimes, all our stuck at homies know, sometimes I get, like, fanstruck. It's not often, but mm -hmm. it does happen sometimes. And it's happening. It's happening, <laughs> it's happening today. Right it's happened all day. I got a note <laughs> from Cliff Dorfman that says, hey, I need, like, 30 minutes to meditate. So if there's anything we need to talk about, let's talk about it beforehand, because I need meditation time. It wasn't false. I, no. I definitely needed some blue light. Mm -hmm. And I was like, on. I know what that's code for, dude. You don't have to, you, it, you live at home, you're stuck at home. You could do that in the middle of the day. Nobody's going to bother you. No, I can't because that requires painting <laughs> my nails like a lady. Oh, that's funny. So it seems like someone new. Listen, here's the thing. This show, I got to watch, I know you did too, but I'm just speaking for me because being a fan of the comic book, this, okay, so now this show comes out and, or it's You want to talk, you, you don't have to talk all then code. You can sack about Talk about the the show, the, the comic book's Invincible. The Our comic book is, is Invincible from Image and Skybound. And the creator is none other than Robert Kirkman. And this show is now animated and it is on Amazon coming this Friday. And fortunately, because of our job, and I can't believe this is our job, we got to watch the first three episodes and they are through the roof. Oh, it's so good. It's oh, so my good. God. Oh, if you're like, first of all, R rated, it's like if you thought they couldn't translate the gore because the colors in the comic book are so bright. I know you feel my excitement radiating, Nancy. It's happening. Mm -hmm. He actually <laughs> is just having an allergic reaction to some shellfish, Nancy. We need to get him an EpiPen. Listen, I wouldn't take it. I would not leave this this chair today for anything. But I'm saying, so to get the, you know, you think like, oh, the gore and the color and everything, how are you going to get this across? They got it across a thousand times. Mm -hmm. This show, it's coming this Friday. I cannot, re and I don't say this, you know, often. I cannot recommend this show, even if you don't like animation. This show transgresses animation. What do you? What, are you agreeing? Don't with you me? mean transcends? Transgresses would mean it. Transgresses would mean it fights animation. Did I say like transgress? Yes. <laughs> See what's happening to me? I'm already breaking down. Transcends animation. Thank you, Jason. This is why Jason's here. Take over. Oh, no, I'm just really excited, um, and I want I you to it. get to where you're going to be. Um, but but we are really lucky to have <laughs> to have Robert here and get to talk about um, about this show, about all the things that are going on. It was so exciting that I went on, um, you know, we do our stereo shows, and so to talk to our stereo homies yep. and ask them some questions to bring some more, uh, you know, see what they wanted to know from Robert. And we oh. got some, we, so I got like a, a whole list. I bet you do. Of questions. I, I was on there for like 15 minutes. I got like, there were more than that there, but the, I, I got the ones that were actually questions and not just like, hey, <laughs> how do I come out to my parents? I'm sure Robert doesn't want to answer that for somebody today. No. Maybe we can get to that if we have enough time. Stay on point. We only have a certain finite amount of time. Exactly. Right? We're exactly. not transgressing the questions. Exactly. Exactly. Did but, I use that right? <laughs> but, uh, but we got some good questions. We're really excited to have him. And I'm going to let you go from here because it's... It is time. Okay, so 
without any, I'm getting into my very professional. Oh yeah, get into your professional voice. Hello, my name is Cliff Dorfman. And the- Podcast voice. And the lithium is just cucked in. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, I took it right on time to kick in right now. That being said, we are so fortunate and blessed today to have the creator of, you know, a show you might've heard of called The Walking Dead, brand new show on Amazon coming out this Friday, Amazon Prime called Invincible based on his- what? And don't forget my favorite uh, Cinemax show, uh, Outcast. Outcast was through. We'll get there. I mean, we'll get there. Patrick, if you get, <laughs> I can't even. I mean, I, okay. So, creator of Outcast, creator of The Walking Dead, creator of the new Amazon Prime show, Invincible, comic book guru extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Hey, Robert. Good luck on this interview. If he if he gets confusing and you need any you need me, I'm here for you. Don't worry. I got you. Okay. All right. You I, watch I, I, me turn uh, professional. I just want to show you though, from Kittleson. Oh, look at that! Heart attack. Awesome. Number That's one. Sweet. I know. Big fans here. So, Robert, thank you for being here. Oh no! Happy to be here, man. That intro was uh, glowing. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, it make you feel good the rest of the day. That was the point. <laughs> so, it definitely worked. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I want to just start and pull it back a little bit before we get right up to Invincible, if you don't mind. You started comics young, right? I'm curious, what was the first time you realized that comic books was not only your love, but it was something like, I'm going to make money at this. Like, this is what I'm doing. Gosh. Uh, Well, I mean, (laughs) I I, I found out that, uh, uh, you know, comics were made by people and that was their job. Uh, I think probably when I was like 12 or 13, I noticed the credits inside a comic and I was like, hey, wait, 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 are these, these are human beings that are making this thing. And uh, this is possibly a job that I could have. And that was really exciting to me because my dad was a welder and sheet metal fabricator. And I thought that job looked like shit. Like I didn't want to do that. Uh, and so to me, that was what a job was. Uh, and so then I was like, wait, you can make comics instead of, you know, like being out in the hot sun, melting steel against other sheets of steel. So those sheets of steel would hang together. Like, you know, my dad would come home covered in like metal dust and just want to die. Uh, you know, and you'd just see him walking in and you're like, Oh God, that is a, that is a rough job. But, uh, um, <laughs> but so, Where is this, so by from, the way, where are you from? Uh, Kentucky. Okay. Please continue. So comic books. Yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. So, so I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make comics, you know, this is, this mm-hmm. is, this is what I want to do with myself. And then, uh, I did that. I started a, a, a series called uh, battle Pope with a guy named Tony Moore that debuted in uh, June of 2000 when I was, uh, I'm going to say 19, I think. Uh, and, uh, um, I didn't make any money at it for, for a long time and really? uh, went into, uh, yeah, I went into massive amounts of debt. Uh, there were a couple of times where I was like, man, I wish I had just gone into welding. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, I stuck with it and eventually, uh, you know, did Walking Dead and Invincible and those things, uh, you know, seemed to do okay and got me noticed. I did some work for hire some places and those books eventually got to a point where they were making money. And, uh, you know, then it didn't seem like it was uh, too much of a mistake. But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely rough going for a while. And I feel like I'm rambling now. So uh, No, what, you're not what, what at all. I'm just just kidding, on track. It's to, the same thing. To, I came from a not different kind of area from from Reno, where it was all gambling, and uh, you know, I thought the big, the best job you could ever get was pit boss, which is way more fun than metal fabricator. I think, yeah, because uh, at least there's gambling involved. Uh, but I didn't know that people did things like it was a real shock to me moving to LA and seeing that like they're actually like the the improv classes or the stand ups; those are real stand ups that you can actually get that job if you want to be. 
It was, it was yeah. an incredible, like weird epiphany from small town life. Yeah, you find out that uh, uh, there are such a thing. There's such a thing as a fun job, you know. Right. Like, you don't, <laughs> exactly. like, you don't like, you can't wait, get people can enjoy what they do. Like, yeah. all right. Yeah, they're not just like, drinking beers and crying on a Saturday. Like, uh, you know. Oh, I get it because being a Jewish white guy from Long Island, I had nothing ahead of me. I thought I could do nothing, and there was nothing that I was able to go out and. Anyway, I'm going to stop. So yeah. now. You never went to school for this, right? Or did you? No, I didn't go to school at all. I mean, I, I barely graduated high school. I, I, this is These are stories I should stop telling because my kids are hitting their teenage years and I don't want them to be like, I heard you on this podcast saying you didn't go to college. Now I don't have to go to college. Come on. No, but, we all got uh, teenage but, kids. As long as you say don't go to school, they'll go to school. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Damn it. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. So Still, anyway. I don't want you going. Yeah, I didn't go to school because school, I don't know. How do you do that? I tell them school, like, nah. But anyway, uh, but no, I, 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 you know, I tripped my way through high school and then I was like, you know, that's enough schooling for me. I will, you know, figure something out. I got a job. And uh, uh, when we started Battle Pope, um, I didn't, uh, you know, have any way of getting it published. And so I just kind of was like, well, I guess I'm going to learn how to self-publish comics. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, instead of going to college, I, I built a publishing company and amassed as much debt as I would have amassed had I gone to college. So it worked out in the end. <laughs> it's exactly where they wanted you to be. So <laughs> what was the name of that company? Uh, it was called, uh, Funkotron. Okay. Now defunct. Right. Uh, is yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I think, I think if you go to Funkatron.com, it takes you to skybound.com now, my, my current company. So the URL is still active, but uh, there's nothing being done with it. Right. Okay. Except the, you paid off all the bills. Now was yeah. Funkatron and Battle Pope, is that what gets you recognized at Marvel? Uh, well, I think Funkatron and Battle Pope gets me recognized at Image, which leads to me doing a Super Patriot comic book series for Eric Larson, which leads to me getting my foot in the door at Image, which allows me to do Walking Dead and Invincible. And then that gets my foot in the door at Marvel and gets me noticed. And I, and I do some books there. So that's that's kind of the rough series of events. OK, so I heard a story that when you're pitching Walking Dead, you first you pitched it and it was a spinoff of Romero. And then they're like, do it original. Right. And then you did it and they said it was too simple. And then you came up with this idea about aliens or something. Is this true? That is all, that is all true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had done a bunch of books that had all failed. And so I was like, you know what? Uh, Night of the Living Dead is in public domain. I will do a Night of the Living Dead comic because then it will have like a public awareness already built in Mm -hmm. and people will just come and buy the Night of the Living Dead comic, which is completely legal because it's in public domain. And so I pitched it to Jim Valentino at image and he was like, uh, He's like, what are you, stupid? What if they want to make a movie out of this? You can't make a Night of the Living Dead movie. There's nothing in this that means it's a Night of the Living Dead thing. Just change the title and make it your own thing. And then if somebody wants to make a movie out of it, you can actually do a movie. And I was like, they're never going to make a movie out of this. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we ended up changing the title. And, uh, you know, and here we are. Right, but it was but yeah, at the same time, yeah. right after that, he was like, yeah, you know, this is good. And I like this. And. You know, but there's no hook here. Zombie books have never really succeeded in comics. There needs to be some new element to this that, you know, gives somebody a reason to, you know, want to pick it up and kind of on the fly. Like while we were talking on the phone, I was like, well, I mean, it's just a precursor to an alien invasion. It's uh, aliens that are invading and they bring the zombies back to, you know, weaken Earth's defenses so that they can take over, which I think is actually the plot of Plan 9 from Outer Space. That is Plan 9. Uh, uh, But I didn't I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and luckily they didn't either. So they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Alien invasion. Cool. Yeah. Let's do that. 
Uh, and so that, that got the book approved, but you know, once the book was approved, I just did the book I had always intended to do anyway. Right. And, uh, once the book was successful, they were fine with that. Right. They didn't care. They weren't like, where are the aliens? Yeah, no, they, well, there was one phone call with the marketing director, Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher now who said, uh, yeah, I read the first issue. It looks real good, but, uh, there's no, uh, hint at this like alien plot. And I just said, yeah, I'm not actually going to do that. And he goes, you know what? I think the book's better for it. <laughs> Hey, you were straight up. Man. We weren't like, oh, no, it's coming. No, <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's just no, not no. fucking happening. Yeah, no. Okay. So, <laughs> I got the book approved with that lie. We're moving on now. Like, this is great. Now, do you remember, I'm sure you do, but it's a big deal because you're the only partner at Image that is not a founding partner, right? So Correct. at what point do they come to you? I mean, this is a big Well, I mean, actually, we just made Eric Stevenson a partner, so he's the, he's the second guy. But, uh, uh, but, but yeah, I was, the, I was the first non-founding partner of Image Comics. And Sorry, go ahead. Day. You had a question. Well, there was, I think, but I just want to hear you talk. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think uh, uh, you know that was a monumental occasion for me, just because I started reading comics in like ninety ninety one, and I followed all those guys from Marvel to Image Comics. Those were the comics I read in my formulative years, and uh, you know, I would uh, uh, read magazine articles about oh, they had an Image Partners meeting, and you know, Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and Eric Larson and everybody got together and had a had a meeting and talked about stuff, and I'd be like, I just just want to be in that room one day. Just want to talk to those guys, you know? And I remember as a, as a really young child, like waking up from dreams where like I was an image partner and I was like, ah, oh, man, that's so cool. That'd be really neat. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward to adulthood and they're on the phone with me going, yeah, I think we want to make you a partner. And I was just like, this isn't real. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I've had a, I've had a pretty fortunate life in that, uh, you know, there, I mean, again, like, uh, uh, just the fact that I know those guys is a big deal because, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, absolutely worshiping them. And then I, you know, get to a point where I'm actually a, you know, colleague and, you know, I have conversations with them about random things. I mean, I can, I could call Eric Larson on the phone right now if I wanted to, God damn it. And he would pick up. That's about weird. Todd McFarlane. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Up? It, it, Todd would pick up faster. <laughs> I've, I've run a business with Dan Harmon for three and a half years now. And I think that if I called him right now, I go, who's this? <laughs> i've had many long conversations with dan and if i still run into him in person at a comic-con or an event or something i always have to open with hey dan it's uh robert kirkman we have talked a few times Me too. Walking Dead, huge yeah. fan stuff. we have and a business go. together we we, yes. were at, we were at the accountant's office last week we were splitting <laughs> <laughs> like, i married your daughter like, we we go to yeah we have dinner every sunday night like Oh I'm having so much fun. Thank you. So, all right. The reason I ask this now is because you, now you're at Image. You put out a comic book with Todd, you know, right? And you, um, 2003, you start Invincible, right? Yes. This is a, you know, 17, now it's 18-year run before we're seeing this pilot air this Friday on Amazon Prime. So uh -huh. when you start Invincible, let me ask you, what was the motivating factor for you? Because it's, in 2003, it's not a superhero craze, and it's certainly not a dark superhero craze. So where's your mind right. at at this point? Well, Invincible was part of the, uh, it was a, a superhero, uh, a new superhero line that Image was doing. Uh, they were putting that together. And so, uh, uh, you know, we were, uh, I found out they were putting that together. I had gotten a couple of books picked up at Image. I had kind of built a relationship with Jim Valentino and Eric Stevenson, who were the publisher and marketing director of the company at the time. And uh, uh, I contacted them and was like, hey, I hear you're putting together a new line of superhero books. Can I be a, can I be a part of that? 
And uh, they were like, uh, sure, whatever. Let's see what you got, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I, I called up Corey Walker, who I had recently done the Super Patriot miniseries with. And I was like, hey, look, so, you know, it looks like they might be able to, you know, get us to do this new superhero book. It'd be a, a big thing for us. We'd be part of this line. They'd be marketing it really good. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, he was on board. And so we just kind of rolled our sleeves up and we were like, okay, so we're going to do a superhero book. And, um, you know, I kind of want this to be uh, everything that we've ever loved about superheroes put into one series. So over the course of this book, if we want to do sci-fi stories or horror stories or, you know, action stories or romance stories or things like that, like, like let's come up with a universe where it all kind of fits. Um, and, uh, you know, we tried to boil down everything that we loved about superheroes in, in, into this series. Um, there also hadn't been a lot of uh, teen superhero stuff at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, you know my favorite superhero of all time and Spider-Man starts out very much as a teen superhero. And, you know, he kind of quickly grew into adulthood, but, uh, we kind of wanted to, the two of you with Spider-Man, he's got the tattoo. Your kid's name's Peter Parker, right? That is true. That's true. You guys don't fuck around with the Spider-Man. Go on. Yeah, we are. We are lame people. (laughs) No, no, you're uh, amazing. This is what I like to know. And you took away my question because I was going to ask you what the first comic book that really, no, I mean, in a good way that inspired you. And I'm figuring it's Spider-Man. Like that's the first one that really got you, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really invested in that character. I mean, when I started out, it was the David Michelinie run, and it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it was a very aspirational character because he was married to a supermodel and like had his own apartment and like was living his life. And so, as as a teenager, you're like, oh man, I I will one day live in a place that's not my parents' house and have my own life, and maybe I'll be married to a supermodel too. That'll be that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's a fun book. Um, but, but like I say, Spider-Man had gotten away from being a teen superhero story. So we thought, you know, we'd take Invincible back to those kind of roots and, and do Invincible as a, as a teen superhero that in success could grow and evolve like Spider-Man did over time. Um, but in a more real way, because, you know, unlike Marvel, we don't have to do constant reboots to try and, you know, undo certain stories and pull things back to the status quo. Um, so, so yeah. But you did create a universe. I mean, there is an entire universe with Omni-Man and with Mark and the love triangle with the teen team. So well, let me ask you, so so world building, is this something that you went into with Corey? Like they said, OK, we have this new superhero run that we're going to do at Image, but are you building this world? Yeah, I think that's the most fun aspect of doing comics is that you do get to, you know, carve out a, a, a little corner of existence and say, OK, how do things work here? Uh, you know, who who populates this? Um, and, 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 and the, the world of Invincible expands to what it is because it was such a long run. We're over, you know, every month, month to month, we're introducing new characters and new storylines and, and just kind of building upon this foundation. Uh, and it, and it just kind of grows organically into something really cool. Um, and the fact that we were contained into one book, I think was, was pretty important. We had a couple of spinoffs here and there. Uh, but for the most part, you know, when you read Invincible from beginning to end, there's not like, well, you also have to buy this event book and, oh yeah, he, you know, did this adventure with Dr. Strange. That's kind of important. So you need to read <laughs> these issues and, um, you know, it's all, it's all kind of there, uh, which I think is, is somewhat unique for a superhero story. No, it's, it's very unique. And, and the violence is very unique, especially if we're talking, you know, it's 2003. So no, but it is, it's, I mean, it's amazing, but what's the yeah. decision there? I mean, did you decide going into this with Corey, like we're going to make this gory as hell? Well, I mean, I, I clearly from The Walking Dead, you can see that I'm like a big horror. I'm a big horror fan. And uh, uh, I think that, uh, you know, in an effort to try and make Invincible somewhat unique, um, we just wanted to kind of take a realistic look at 
how these beings would exist. Um, you know, there's a really great episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited where Superman has this moment where he's just like, I live in a world of paper. Like I can, I can never cut loose because I'll accidentally murder somebody. Like it's, it's very frustrating for me. And, uh, uh, and like taking that to another degree, it's like, yeah, these people would be hacking people's jaws off and, and punching people's eyeballs out like on accident constantly. And, um, you know, when, when you see, uh, uh, like the first Avengers movie, you know, Captain mm -hmm. America jumps on a car and is like, is the evacuation uh, underway? And you're like, who are you talking to? And who is doing this evacuation? And what are you evacuating? The city? <laughs> the city of New York is being evacuated right now? And that's all they do. And after he says that line of dialogue, they just start blowing buildings up. And you're like, cool, those buildings are empty. And it's like, well, I mean, it'd be kind of more interesting if they weren't. And you had to like save people as the buildings were collapsing and maybe you didn't save some people. And like, it's really depressing and dark to like explore like what it is to have like a fun superhero battle that also results in some really catastrophic events that, you know, affect a society long-term uh, and, and being able to explore that, uh, you know, seemed like a lot of fun. And so that's why Invincible is so violent because we wanted to, show the ugly side of superheroes to show, you know, what we think would really happen if, you know, people were doing this kind of thing uh, and, and what, what would come from it. So Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who produced the boys or exact produced yeah. the boys, do they come to you? Do you go to them? How does this, how does this pan out? Cause the book's been around for a while. I'm obviously they're fans like we are, but can you tell us a little how that comes about? Yeah, they came on board uh, with, through the movie. We're doing a, we're uh, developing a movie at universal with them and uh, it was a, you know, fairly unique situation. We're developing a movie with Universal while we're developing an animated series at uh, uh, Amazon at the same time. And so because they were developing the movie, uh, we kind of let them come on board to the animated series. And that's how we were able to talk Seth Rogen into voicing the uh, Alan the Alien character, uh, which was which was cool. But uh, but yeah, I mean, their their involvement is mostly through the movie. Right. And you have John Hamm. I mean, tell us some of the voices because the voices on here are incredible. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, whew, Stephen Young, uh, Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Zazie Beetz, uh, Gillian Jacobs, uh, Andrew Reynolds. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we got, uh, uh, hold on. We got, uh, we got Lauren Cohan. We got Ross Marquand. We got Lenny James, Sanuko Martin-Green, Chad Coleman, Michael Kudlitz. We got, uh, uh, you know, we got, uh, Michael Dorn. We got, uh, did I already say uh, Walton Goggins? You didn't, um, but amazing. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Luke Skywalker. Uh, we got Mahershala Ali, Jaiman Hanzu. Um, wow. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Thank just, you. You, you passed. People. No, you passed, Robert. That's no, good. No, I didn't. There's so many people that are mad at me right now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, but the list is incredible. That's that's really the point here, is that every time I turned on an episode, it was like, who, who's that? I know that person. This is, Glancy yeah. Brown. So I'm just going to keep doing that as you Guy from the talking. league. Yeah, favorite in the league. If you want, I got them all right in front of Yo, you. you. Jason, go. To, I'm just messing with you. I mean, yeah, Stephen Yeun, J.K. Simmons, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Gillian Jacobs, Walton Goggins, Azzy Beats, Jason Manzukis, Sandra O, oh, Andrew Ron yeah. Andrew Ronalds, uh, Melise Jow, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, Gray Delise, Zachary Quinto, May Whitman, uh, Chris Demopop. I, I never make his name. Demetopolis. Demetopolis. I, I, my, I, you know, Dan's partner, uh, uh, Dino Stamatopoulos. It took me a year. Um, <laughs> so it's always tough. Uh, 
Carrie Payton, Max Burkholder, Nicole Byers in it, Marcella Ali's in it, Jeffrey Donovan, Ezra Miller, John Hamm, Clancy Brown, uh, Jijamon Honso. Uh, so, there's so many people. This it's is all one show. Uh, yeah. This is yeah. what I'm saying. And then it gets all the we way even, to Justin. We even get Justin Roiland to come in and do a voice. So that's exciting. Insane. Insane. Laura so Cohan, Michael Dorn, Michael Cutlass, Ross Marquard, Lenny James, Chad Coleman. I think that's everybody. Not really. Not really. There's probably <laughs> still a million that haven't been announced, but that's that's everybody that's on the IMDB yeah. so far. Now you're doing this invincible movie at Universal as well, right? Yes. And yeah, it's still it's still very early on, and uh, yeah, there's nothing I can say right right now. I apologize. So nothing, <laughs> nothing. Other than yeah, it's sorry. not going to be animated. It's going to be live action, and right. uh, it's going to be very cool. And I am very excited. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we're getting. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Now, how many episodes of Invincible do we have to look forward to this season on Amazon Prime? Uh, this season we have eight. We're going to debut the first three episodes on Friday, March 26th. And we will continue every Friday with the remaining five episodes, uh, one per Friday, leading all the way to the finale, which will be on April 30th, I believe. Okay. How do you decide, and, and what was the process for you going through how you wanted this to look live animation? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, uh, it was a pretty easy process because the lead character designer is Corey Walker, who is the uh, co-creator of the comic book series. And so, uh, you know, having him on board, it was just kind of like, ah, do what you do, uh, you know, and he came in and uh, uh, is updating all of his designs. Uh, you know, some of the designs are by Ryan Otley, who drew most of the issues of the comic. Uh, he's, you know, updating and altering those and, and kind of streamlining everything for animation. And uh, there was a whole art department around him that was kind of building, you know, sets and the different looks and things like that. Um, as far as what we were going for, we wanted something that was uh, colorful, like the comic. I think when you're doing something this mature, uh, you know, there's a tendency to, uh, you know, kind of darken things up and make them a little bit more moody. But uh, I like the juxtaposition of having something that looks uh, very happy and bright uh, and welcoming that can just suddenly turn on a dime and be really kind of scary and brutal. Uh, and so I think uh, having that had value. And so, uh, you know, we, we painstakingly made this look like a, you know, somewhat bright and enthusiastic uh, superhero story just to trick people. Well, the trick is well done because what you've snuck in there is almost this noir detective story. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a mystery thing with Damien Darkblood that does prop, uh, 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 crop up that, uh, uh, you know, it does uh, add a little bit more darkness and a little bit more mystery and intrigue to it that uh, wasn't really present in the comic book series. Yeah, so, so how long did it take production-wise to do all eight episodes? Was it a year? Was it a very long time each episode, or, or was it a, I think, a fast I think time? it was the better part of two years. I mean, with the development time and, and, and things, it was almost three years that we worked on the first season. But, um, you know, a lot of that was just, you know, ramping up and, and uh, you know, putting everything in place to actually do the production. Um, the actual animating, I think, probably took a little over a year. Little over a year. Okay, so I want to revert back to something. Now, process-wise, as a writer, you know, I mm -hmm. just want to ask you, do you have a process that you stick by? Does it change for every book you do? Uh, what is it? Oh, my gosh, my yeah. process. I have yeah. no idea. Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I uh, <laughs> Uh, I think the most important thing about uh, a story for me is keeping things interesting. And so I usually come up with interesting scenes that I build stories around. Um, and so, um, you know, for instance, for the, for the pilot um, of Invincible, uh, 
you know, which I can't spoil, but there's, there's like three big scenes in that episode. And so I started with those scenes and was like, okay, so we have this opening scene at the white house. I'll be a little bit vague. And then we have this ending scene at the end of the episode. And then uh, there's a couple of smaller, you know, little things uh, uh, that happen throughout the episode. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, my process is just, okay, well, how do I make this as interesting as possible? And I work on those scenes individually and then I just go, okay, well, they have to fit together somehow. So let's, you know, work this other connective tissue in. And a lot of that was, well, this scene from the comic would work here. I'll pull that in, you know, this scene from the comic will work, I'll pull that in. Um, and, and then, you know, while I'm writing those scenes from the comic, I get to, uh, you know, the, the fun process of this was that I had the full 144 issues. And so there's a lot of little, little things in the dialogue that hopefully some people will notice where it's like, uh, Omni-Man is, is saying something. And if you know where the series is going, you're like, Oh gosh, he's kind of hinting at, at this thing already. But if you don't know where the series is going, you're like, okay, he's just saying a thing. Like it doesn't really tip anything, but, right. uh, but we were able to kind of hint at a lot of things that are coming that I didn't know were coming when I wrote the comic book series. Cause I was kind of making it up as I went along. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I, uh, I guess I, I guess I write most of my comics and shows and things as if they're a, a fast and the furious tentpole movie where you're like, I want a car to drive drive through a window and then uh, like blow up against a gas tanker. Okay, cool. Now right into that scene. So it makes sense, uh, which is why most everything that I do is uh, slightly dumb, I guess I should say. Yeah. Okay. We're no one's buying that. So, are you, <laughs> how, so being a dad, I'm asking you, are you waking all throughout the day or is it like give dad time. I'm going in my room and I'm writing in the afternoon. Like, do you have a set thing that you do or is it whenever? Well, I have a, uh, yeah, I, I try to keep bankers hours because I'm a dad and I have a family and stuff. So I, I try to pull a, you know, I mean, sometimes I work nine to five, sometimes I work eight to six, but you know, roughly it's, it's, it's that window of time. Um, you know, I, I do wholeheartedly believe that, you know, when you're a writer, there is a muse and you have to kind of write when the muse uh, strikes. And so I know other people that, you know, write late at night and things like that. Um, I just don't have that luxury. So screw it. Uh, you know, I like, there's often times where I'm hanging out with my wife at like 10 PM and you know, something happens and I'm like, Oh man, that would be great. I should, Oh, this scene would work. And I, and I could see it all in my head. And I'm like, man, if I could write this down right now, it'd be so great. And I'll type a couple of notes in my phone and then I'll just move on. And then the next day I'll come into work and I'll pull that notepad out and I'll be like, what does this mean? What was this? I swear I had a good thing last night. Like what the hell? This is nonsense. Damn it. Uh, but, uh so, so that, <laughs> yeah you know what this yeah, says yeah yeah he you know wakes up says? in the yeah. middle of the night <laughs> he can't remember what his joke is he thought it was hysterical we've all, we've all been there we've all been there but uh so, oh that's horrifying but so uh, but yeah so let me go back to this so invincible which okay so i know i've said it a bunch but i absolutely fucking love this show i am on the edge of my seat these first three episodes are amazing when do you decide to do what you do in the first episode this is the most i can say in the first episode when why do you and when do you decide to do what you do which is like probably the, <laughs> the scene that's the biggest fucking scene sure. after yeah, these sure. credits hey you know that thing that happened with the stuff when, when why do you do the Meet things me there. That do stuff dude <laughs> Well, that, that scene was we important because reasons. And so <laughs> because of those reasons, we had to make it happen at a certain time, which is the time that it happened. Um, but uh, no, the decision uh, no, to go I, after the credits, because the credits come up and then we have that scene with everyone. 
Well, I did. I, there were a lot of things that worked there. I, I, I love after credit sequences. I think some people uh, feel like they're a little, you know, tired or that you've done. And I'm just like, no, they're not. They're the yeah. fucking greatest things they're ever. Like, I love after credit sequences, but uh, they're, they're always pretty short. And so I thought it would be really funny to do an after credit sequence that was super long. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I think it's like eight minutes or nine oh, minutes. I think it might be. The, I thought it was twelve minutes. It's like the maybe, entire. And well, it's the biggest part of the fucking show, Robert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you watch this whole pilot, which is amazing, and then this thing happens. And if you turn it off when you think there's a credit, you don't even realize what the hell the show's about. <laughs> okay, brilliant. so maybe it was a mistake. No, but, it's uh, brilliant. Uh, no one's turning that shit off. You only have like three credits roll, and then it pops on, and you're like, "Wait, yeah, why are yeah. we all here?" Yeah, <laughs> like this yeah, isn't and, over. And, oh my god, I'm happy. Go on. And, I, and I'm hoping that you're not looking at like a, you don't have like a bar at the bottom of your screen that's telling you there. So you think that scene is over oh, yeah. constantly. Like I'm hoping that while you're watching it, you're like, oh, that was a nice pop. Okay. They showed us that character. That's, oh, they're showing us another character. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. There's, oh, wait, there's another character. And then especially fans from the comics will be going, are they doing this now? Yeah. Like, that's what I was really saying. This, this really just like, happened what? right now? The, our, up front, we get this? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so, and yeah. It, that scene that we're not talking about that, I, I mean, anyone who's read the comic knows exactly what we're talking about. So for those people, we have kind of spoiled it a little bit, but uh, it's fine. But uh, um, it happens much later in the comics. And, um, you know, we knew that in the era of, you know, streaming television and, and also in the era of 5,000 TV shows, like you, you have to kind of like hook people immediately. And so, uh, you know, when from the first minute we started developing this show, I knew, okay, well, that event has to happen at the very end of the first episode. And so then it was a question of, well, how do we make that event happen at the end of the very first episode? Um, and, uh, you know, then we kind of constructed everything around that. Right. Like you said, you're right. You'll find that scene. That was probably one of the scenes you found when you started the comic book, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, it, funny story. Um, you know, that scene was even later in the comic book. It was supposed to happen in issue 25. And the publisher at the time, Jim Valentino, who was the same guy that, you know, told me that, you know, I shouldn't do a Night of the Living Dead comic. I should do, you know, have my own title so that I can actually make a movie out of it. Uh, you know, also, yeah, also was like, there's not going to be an issue 25 if you save that for issue 25, you idiot. And so I was like, well, I, I guess I can move it up. And he was like, yeah, yeah, do that. And I was like, I, I might be able to move it to this issue. And he was like, earlier, even oh earlier. God. And I was like, all right. Uh, so, so yeah. And then that thing ends up being in the first episode of the show. So, yeah, so he well, was definitely TV. Right. Can we move yeah. it up to the pilot? I've pitched things where I'm like, so she commit by the end of the se first season is when she gets pushed off the roof of the four seasons in Cleveland. They're like, we love it. We love it. We're buying it. First development meeting after it's bought. So can she commit suicide in the pilot? It's like, sure, whatever you want. It's uh, going to work. Or, or the, or if, if, if it was a network show, it would be at the end of the teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Like, it's not fuck yeah. around at all. There's a death. How do you get in the first three minutes? <laughs> You've been in this game a long time. Jason, come Wait. back if you want to ask some questions from the stereo oh, users. Yeah. Come back because I'm going to monopolize the rest of the oh, time. Oh, no, we got to get, and we got to let Robert go. I know we soon. do. So the I'm first good. question was Would you like to adopt my friend Ryan? Uh, that, was, <laughs> sure. that was the very first question that came sure. through. Um, and then he asked seriously, he said, do you have any ambitions for your book, uh, Oblivion Song? 
Absolutely. I mean, well, that's another thing that's in development uh, at Universal as a movie right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully at some point we'll be seeing that on the big screen. I think it's uh, I think it's a cool concept. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I'm self-serving. I'd love I, I want everything I, I do as a comic to be turned into something. So do we. <laughs> Trust me. So do we. Um, uh, I think uh, what do you do, whether it's comics or the stuff to, to make sure things stay fresh? Because I know it could feel, you know, especially doing these things every every iteration um what do you do you mean like uh adapting invincible to just invincible over time to yeah just fresh? over time keeping the well keeping so i think this is a really about like when you go through and do a comic for a certain amount of time or you're doing uh you know walking yeah. dead or whatever how do you keep that freshness feeling well with invincible and walking dead i uh, uh tried to make sure i always had a scalable event to work to uh-huh. So I would always plan a big event that I was building to, but I would always try to keep in the back of my mind that I had to have a bigger event next than that mm-hmm. one. And so if you look at Walking Dead and Invincible, there's big things that happen and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in this comic. And then 12 to 15 issues later, something happens that's even crazier and bigger. And there's always this sense of escalation as you move through the series. Uh, and then once I hit a point where I'm like, well, can't top this one. <laughs> End the book. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, let's see what else. Um, do you do you ever have you ever created something specifically like I'm writing this because I want it to be a movie or a TV show? No, no. I mean, I, I uh, I've written things that uh, that are comics where I'm like, this is never getting turned into anything. Uh, uh, so so the opposite has happened. But uh, and there's certain ideas that I have where I'm like, I, I can't make this work as a comic. Maybe I'll just write this as a pilot or a screenplay right. or something at some point. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I, I, there's never been a comic where I've been like, oh, just this has to get you know turned into this because uh, making comics is difficult. A lot of people think that uh, uh, I think the you know Mark Miller and myself get a lot of things turned into other projects, and mm-hmm. you constantly see people on the internet, you know, where everyone is nice, where they're like, <laughs> "These guys, all they're doing is they're just hacking out these stupid books to try and make TV shows because all they all they want is the money." And it's right. like, well, that's like saying uh, you're like you're like you're building a building to build another building. Like it's it's <laughs> it's, it's difficult to make a comic book. If you wanted to just make a TV show, you'd write a pilot, which is somewhat easier, and you know try yeah. to fight to get that made. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I'll speak for Mark Miller. Uh, you know, we make comics because we love them, right. and, and it's what we want to do. Absolutely. And then you know, people come along and they're like, "I want to turn that into a show," and you're like, "Cool, that's cool too." Yeah. But it's not uh, quite the, the same comics, thing. But I get that the, the first thing. I get, it's not quite the same thing, but I get that a lot with podcasts. Like, hey, we couldn't make this into a movie. Can you just make it into a podcast for us? <laughs> yeah, so you know. Sure. Like, um, and then the also, podcast, you know, and I'll get that movie. You yeah. know, we, yeah, exactly. First engineering. We, but there, there's also that, um, you know, um, I know that Cliff showed the, the comic, but Sean Kittleson's a close friend of mine for a lot of years. Um, and we worked together before he, you know, while he was writing, I think when he was writing Mortal Kombat still. Um, yeah. over at DC, but he's a good friend of mine. And I know from just working with him, like he, writing the comics hard, right? That's, that's enough trying to get yeah. all that stuff through and doing all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine writing something with the intent on having it somewhere else. Just write it for that other thing. It's like writing a comic so you can get into music, right? Just so you can write beat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's like no one, no one makes a, a movie so they can make a TV show, you know, like it's, it, it, it all applies. No, no one, no one founds a magazine so that they can start a website. You know, so they, it's crazy. So they can sell Colgate. Maybe, maybe Colgate yeah. does, but nobody else. Um, okay. 
All right. Um, there, there was a question, but somebody got it wrong because they, they asked uh, the artist. They wanted to know if you ever hide hands and feet because they are hard to draw. But I told them <laughs> you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So I want to um, ask something. Were you happy with Outcast the series? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I loved working with Chris Black, the showrunner on that show. And, you know, all the actors were fantastic. I, 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 miss, I miss them all. Uh, uh, you know, Patrick Fugit's, uh, you know, one of the greatest people I've ever known. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that show. Um, I wish it had, uh, I wish it had continued for many, many more seasons. Us too. Believe me, we were, Jason and I were both very upset that it did not go past se- uh, season two. Um, are, are the worst, uh, your favorite words hearing from someone else, the, your favorite nine words from another person? I have an amazing idea for a comic book. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then uh uh and then my favorite is when it is when that's followed with you know how there's a captain america <laughs> what if there was a captain some other place and i've gotten that so many times from other people and i'm just, just like really Moscow. yeah yeah anything what if there was a captain kentucky keep your stoned ideas inside yeah, inside yeah. voice. Yeah, hold those. I did in have there. a. I oh, did have a neighborhood a, like, kid. That was a good idea. What neighborhood? I did have kid? a. There was a neighborhood kid when I lived in Kentucky who knew I did comics, and I was out in my yard, and he ran up to me, and, and this kid's like had to be like eight or nine years old, and he goes, "I got this idea. There's a guy who's really big, and he's got another guy with him that's really small, and the really big guy is really weak, and the really little guy is really strong." And they do things together. And then he goes, make that a comic book and uh, you can you can keep half the money. <laughs> and I was like, I get to keep half the money? Yeah. From no your problem. big guy, little guy thing? Like, what the heck? But, it but was the big guy is weak. Coming from an eight-year-old. Yeah. Big guy's weak. Little <laughs> guy's strong. Weak. That's that. That's a that's a whole hero, improv herald. I we big guy little guy improv herald will work like that. That story would have led to a lot of different those. Oh man, Robert, I can't yeah. keep you any longer. I would love to, but uh, we're over time already, and I want to let you go. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, so much. Um, everybody. Oh, thanks. This was great. Invincible. Yeah. No idea. It's coming out. Oh, I mean, Invincible. <laughs> first, is it just? I and I, I think I should know this, but I think it's the first two episodes that come out three. live. Three. The first, first three. three episodes are live on Friday. Friday the twenty sixth. Yes. Yep. This Friday. Friday Amazon Prime. Uh, we love Amazon Prime. We love the boys uh, and, and and Invincible. We love what they're doing over there. So we're very excited for this man, and we appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah, I love really getting my paper it. towels delivered in, in 48 hours instead of four days <laughs> with my Prime delivery. It's oh, my goodness. Best. You get shows, oh, movies, and now I, you get I, Invincible. I've been sending people random stuff just because it can be done so fast through Amazon, like just shipping things to people just at random. Quickly, it's the best. All right, brother. All right. Well, thank you so so much. All right, man. Robert, thanks for having me, guys. So much fun. Have a wonderful day, and congrats. You too. All right. Uh, Yeah. What a good dude. What a good dude. I could literally. What? What All right. No, I'm just making sure you're all right. Oh yeah. I was like, wait, did I fuck up again? (laughs) Oh no, you didn't fuck up ever. (laughs) That was great. You did a great interview. Oh my God, that was amazing! I, 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 he first of all, how cool is he? What did he stay overtime? Get over. Now I can take a drink. <laughs> mm. I feel like I was so parched. I didn't get to cover Outcast enough. I didn't want to spend too much time on Walking Dead, but holy shit, Jason! Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And, it was great. And this show, we get the first three episodes on Friday, the twenty sixth of, of of March. 
uh, of Invincible on Amazon Prime, and then one a week for the next five weeks. I, I can't wait for the next five. I, and I know the comic book, and I still am at the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, they moved that up? That's here now? Oh, shit, this thing is great. And the voices. You rattle off those voices? Whew. Wow. And I bet, I bet while they're all sitting at home during this pandemic, voicing this amazing show that took, what, at least a year to do the animation? What do you think they're wearing, Jason? Um, you know what I would be wearing? Tell me. I'd be wearing D's undies, my D me's undies. And that would be what I'd be wearing, honestly, if it was, if I was creating or if I was doing something like, I don't know, trying to survive a, uh, an apocalypse or if I had a <laughs> sweet ass superhero costume that was, you know, they, they can't be comfy because it's like half Kevlar. No, they can't be. They have, I mean, they have to get something that breathes. Micromodal seems to me to be the perfect logical component to use in a superhero costume. They Agreed. use sustainable beechwood trees, you know, pulp to yarn, just a, that's a thing. Uh -huh. I'm just saying, why would you not design at least a portion of your superhero suit with me undies? I mean, a portion. Yeah, well, I mean, you say you gotta have some Kevlar, you gotta have some stuff going on there, super stuff, but then, you know, metallurgic things, you know, but then me undies in between, like where you need to breathe. Some sort of, some sort of weave. Some sort of weave for it. <laughs> so that being said, they got the monthly membership. You can do $19.99 a month. It's free shipping. You don't like it? Keep it. They will send you your money back. What are you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, by the way, you know how I told you about how I was really excited about my the sloth ones? Yes. It turns out the sloth were my monthlies. So I got sloths. You already got sloth? Jason got sloth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying go soft. This is the best, and we're not saying this just because they pay us. We love. I am in me undies more than I'm in any other article of clothing I own. Seriously, oh. and I'm bougie. Oh, I'm 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 in them all the time. In fact, um, today I I moved from them to something to um to them and shorts to, to back to them. I do the same thing. I'm like loungewear shorts loungewear. I'm moving them out of them. So MeUndies.com, offer code STUCK for 15% off. Uh, I think we covered this, right? I mean, we just go go soft, man. Go soft, oh, yeah. ladies. Go Better soft, non-binary. Go, go soft, everybody. Everybody. Right on. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, so much adrenaline. We got to keep the workout going before the show. You're right. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really, really good thing. And thank you so much, Tim and Natasha. I miss you so yeah, much, Natasha. Natasha. The best. Tim, I also miss you. She's up for some Laugh Factory uh, finalist video thing going on on Chloe. Like, she's always doing something she's amazing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, she's the best. Asses. We have the best. We have the best listeners. We have the best <laughs> listeners. We have the best guests. We have the best Cliff Dorfman freaking out. Uh, we love it. We love all of it. Um, yeah. So, I, I, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of, I've had a lot of questions since last week about a couple things that I wanted to run by you real quick. Great. Um, I, uh, so, I mean, and I don't want to get all the way deep into this again, but um, I do want to bring up the Snyder Cut one more time, okay? Um, because I thought a lot about it, and I watched. I actually watched it, <laughs> believe it or not, I watched it twice. Um, the second time I watched it, I tried to watch some of the scenes that were that I knew were in the movie to kind of get a comparison of the two. Wow. Um, you watched it twice? Yeah. <sighs> all right, tell me a little about that. Well, because I, I tried watched to, it once, like I told you, I watched it. Um, I watched it differently than than um, than maybe you did, or what, like kind of like I told. You, I watched it in chunks. I, I mean, I watched it all over the course of a couple of days, but I watched it mm -hmm. like an hour at a time. 
Okay. And so I broke it up into those pieces and I tried to adhere to it. And then I watched some of the other one and I watched it and I kind of realized a couple things. And I was going to ask you about this, like Go. this version of it's four hours long. Right. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Like the story makes sense. There's a lot of the things that were cut out that help kind of fill in the thing, but there's no two hour version of Zach's movie. Right. right. I, I, and I, I kind of am approaching this to you as a, let's say as a, as a, as the producer of the justice league that came out that ended up with Joe wasted life kind of directed, right? Joseph, like Joseph, Joseph Weasel. yeah. Weasel face. You know, but but I, what I do see in there that's different than the other one is like there is no version of the Zach one with the, the amount of stuff that's in there that could have been cut down to two hours. No, but I think there's a version of two and a half, maybe two forty five. I don't think I don't even think so. Uh, listen, four hours. There's a lot of stuff in there, man. I mean, look, here's what I'm saying. Don't take for granted like shots of Bruce of Ben Affleck. I can't even call him Bruce Wayne, honestly of Ben Affleck pulling up in a helicopter to walk aboard a, uh, a plane with Jeremy Irons saying something. You don't... God. Now those, I guess you're right. I bet you, there, there's there's a hundred of those. But it feels like there's still three hours minimum of this movie. And it feels to me like somebody said, Joss, I need this to be two hours long because I need to fit more people in the theater. And mm -hmm. Zach said, no, three hours and 20 minutes is the shortest I can possibly make this movie. But it mm -hmm. felt like a lot of the cuts and as I watched them, nothing's changed them the, the overall story and the overall plot doesn't change, right? There's, there's more to it and there's a little more collection to it. And the reasoning why is there, mm -hmm. but, but the, but it's not like, you know, I, have you ever watched, I don't know if you ever saw this, but like when Anchorman came out, mm -hmm. Anchorman came out um, and it was in the movie theater and it was one way, but if you bought the deluxe DVD, you got a whole different version of the movie. Like yes, every I've joke was the same and you can see it. It's funny. And there's a, there's a whole like robbery aspect to it, but it's a whole different movie. Right. Um, this is not a whole different movie. It's the exact same movie. It's just longer. It's the exact same movie. It's longer. There are a, a lot of, you know, wide shots. There's a lot of establishing shots. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of slow motion. You know, there's a lot of unnecessary Icelandic women lamenting songs that don't need to be there. You know, like, in other words... What? That sounds better than what I have to listen to. <laughs> and then the every time Wonder Woman comes out... What, and what is that? What I don't know. It was, just, it was just laughing because it was like her song. It was just super funny. We were laughing every time it came on. It was like, take a drink every time Wonder Woman shows up and, her mu and the music changes. I mean, it, okay, so, so let's be clear. You really liked this Snyder Cut, correct? I really did enjoy the Snyder Cut. I, 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 thought that, um, that I thought that as a story, I think that if it was, I think that if it was the Umbrella Academy and it wasn't mm -hmm. Zack Snyder, I think you would have enjoyed that. I think anybody would have enjoyed that. If it, we, if it was a six episode Netflix show, I think that I don't, I, and we didn't have names attached and stuff. I think people, everybody would have enjoyed that movie hmm. as a okay. series. Let me ask you a question. First of all, and, and this, I'm being serious. Who decided that Batman talked like that? I just I blame, I blame Nolan. I'd blame Nolan. But why? Val Kilmer was doing it. Michael Keaton was doing it. Well, they did, I'm Batman. But it was, it was like, I'm Batman. It was like, it was still a voice. Like yeah, everybody. gruff staccato, I don't think. Oh, that, that was, that was Nolan. That started with, uh, I'm not wearing hockey pads. So, <laughs> so Affleck doing this. Well, his is even different. It's even his worse. His is computer generated. 
his voice. Yeah, he's wearing some sort of uh, a voice adjuster because it's like a it's like a um, why? Because that's the way that uh, Zack Snyder decided Ben Affleck's going to make his noises, but it, it's going through some reverberation or some sort of voice synthesizer that we don't see on his throat. No, but you can tell it's on, and it's so stupid because he turns it on. Even when he's going to battle against all the um, all the parademons at that last fight, it still turns on. It's like, you don't have to hide your voice. You're fighting a, a giant, like, elk and his bug friends, and everybody else knows who you are, so you don't have to worry about putting the voice thing on, but he did. He turned it on. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, okay. So, so that's what we're getting here. Why, why, why is it preserving Zack Snyder's creative vision to watch this fucking movie for four hours and four, three? Oh, well, the four, three is an interesting one too. The four, yeah. three is because that's yeah. IMAX. Uh huh. Okay. So uh, is your TV IMAX? No. Because mine isn't. I mean, no. so we're being forced on my, Whatever I have, 85 inch, whatever that, you know, uh -huh. whatever it is. I don't know what the 86, whatever the, you know, I'm not good at this stuff. But the big ass TV that I have is an IMAX. And I have to sit and watch a, a third of my TV well, while two here, thirds are blacked out. Well, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do on that because I was feeling the same way. Look and see what a movie looks like on your show, on your TV. Not a 16 by 9 TV show, not a Netflix series. Look what a movie does because they black out the top and the bottom. There really wasn't as, like, we, we've gotten used to doing the widescreen version of that, mm -hmm. but it's very similar. We, we basically are watching the same amount of space. We're just watching it horizontally instead of vertically. Okay. It, it was I annoying. get it, though. I felt that. I felt that one, too, um, because it is a weird kind of situation. Like, if that's where all I'm actually... I, I, kept, I spent a lot of time watching that movie going, where would the 16 by 9 version of this be? Because it's not in the middle. Right. Not always. Yep. I agree um, with you. I took out the Zoom Finder. I took out my Zoom Finder to figure it out. I'm like, I got to figure this out because this is ridiculous and I don't understand how it's preserving creative vision. Like, I, I just wasn't getting what the story, how this, how this related integrally. Words today. <laughs> how this related, I'm going to use intrinsically, to your creative vision. How? Why? Didn't make sense to me. I'm sure he could explain it, and it would be a bloated, pretentious fucking answer, but I bet it's there. I bet it's there. Him and Chris Nolan could sit down, and they could all discuss, you know, how great their farts smell. I want to know why Batman had to walk into a room of Icelandic people in the opening of this movie and go, I'll give you 25000 to walk outside right now. You're going to walk outside anyway. He already told you no. You know he's Aquaman. And then all of a sudden, Jason Momoa has to take off his shirt. We're only 12 minutes in until he took off his shirt. We're literally 18 minutes in from an upskirt shot of Wonder Woman. How is this better? And then she has that little girl. And she goes, he goes, can I be just like you? She goes, you can be anything you want, darling. Like, oh. Like, come on, man. Like, you can be anything you want. You like that? You can't have superpowers because you don't have them. You're not an Amazon woman. Who hurt you? A Who lot of people, you? but that has nothing to do with this. I'm talking about writing. I'm talking about character development. I'm talking about, you know, she blows up that building, right? Because she had to. Oh, that, that, okay, that one made no sense to me. Like, oh, okay. okay, that part, well, you know, because at the beginning, she's, moved, she's spending so much time not destroying the building. There's one person left. She said, that's the time to blow out the side of this building and not worry about all that stuff crumbling on all those people. Dude, yeah. I had never... This whole thing, like, Thank the you. idea that, like, why, you just do that first. 
Yes. If you're not going to just do that first. Yeah, if you're not going to save the, the <laughs> yeah, bang the whole thing out then and 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 Shane Fox, we'll be done well, with it. And they still have a huge Superman problem, right? Like, oh, you know, God, so not a, at the end of the day, you know, everything, like, it should just be called, like, this movie where everybody tries their best to do everything until Superman finally wakes up and <laughs> saves everyone, right? Right. Like, <laughs> right. You're right, Jason. You're right. And and I will say that when Superman did wake up, it, it kicked in a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, I was definitely more engaged. Yep. Three hours it took for him to show up, which yeah. is about two hours longer than the other one, but it would have been about the same amount of time at the end. Yeah, it, it's not. It's it's. Listen, <laughs> and, and here's well, the thing, Amy. Okay, go ahead. So are you going to say? Well, no, I, no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it. Um, I just thought there was, an, it was interesting to watch, like, what Joey, Joey Whittlebaum did with it versus what Zach did with it. Right. And like, it's you, cause you can see some of that footage and where he cut it and where he, where he put some stuff. And like, I'm not saying that, um, you know, I, I am saying Zach does a better way of setting those scenes up, but like, it is interesting to kind of that experiment, like here, here are two, two people take the same footage and make it completely, you know, make your movie version of it. And, uh, Oh my God, that one Zach made, you know, like you said, there's a lot to it and there's more than it needs to be. And it's a, there's a lot of time wasted, but God, did he, did he make better versions of some of those fight scenes? Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that. I will say that the one sequence, even though there are so many holes and problems with that wonder woman sequence in the, you know, beautiful. I actually like it. Beautiful. I agree with you. Now here's my problem. Do something different because, and this is what I mean. Okay. Go back to 300 and watch when he kicks the dude in the well. It's the same damn stop-motion technology that he was using literally in 300. He's just using in this scene. Now, was it better than anything Joseph Wheatfats did? Yes, a thousand percent. That being said, it's still old-ass stop-motion technology that you're using as she's skidding along the floor and then stop, ba-boom, and then she moves up fast again. It's like, this is not reinventing the wheel. And for $370 million, I want the damn wheel reinvented. Right. I'm, right. But I agree with you that it was so much better than Joseph Abood's version. Mm-hmm. That being said, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with it. I, I had to get through it like you did, but not for the same reasons. I had to go in segments, but not because you wanted to to see how that played. I just had to go in segments. And the Ben Affleck stuff really made me like, I was standing up and like, I was like shadow boxing the screen because I just hate him so much. He's so bad. <laughs> he's the worst. He's not my hashtag, not my Batman. Not my Batman. Hashtag, no. hashtag, no. Uh, uh, is he, uh, is he your daughter devil though? Oh my God. Hashtag, not my anything. Robert, <laughs> pa- Robert Pattinson. Now that I can't wait for. Yeah. I had, I had a long talk with somebody yesterday. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't mind. He's like, no, Robert Pattinson, you need to watch the right movies. You just watched. Just because of Twilight. Don't don't get it twisted. Twilight? That's what made him famous. Now watch all the choices he made since Twilight. This guy is a star. He's an actor. I mean, watch the Softy Brothers movie he did. I mean, this guy is through the roof acting-wise. I mean, I, I feel like he's going to be... He's going to take Batman. He might actually put DC on the map in a real way. Well, I mean, Batman's... I mean, being a good Batman and having a good Batman movie is not a... Is not the most difficult part in the world. Um no, you know, well, because Batman's the only one they've been able to get right ever. Like, Joker's still the biggest DC movie of all time, right? And that right. was the same guy who brought you uh, Starsky and Hutch. Road Trip. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think he did the Road hangover. Trip. I think the Hangover. That, no. Oh, yeah, he did, he did The Hangover. Uh, he did uh, Road old, Trip. Old School. And, uh, uh, yeah, he did the, um, what was the movie? I'm trying to think of the guy with uh, Napoleon Dynamite and. Uh, oh, Cuba Libre? 
No, no, no. It was the... Uh, oh, the ice skating one with Will Ferrell. Nope, not that one either. Hold on, I, I got give it. Up. All right, you'll do that. Well, well, I say that I will say that the movie was better than the Joss Abood one. That being said, um, I was still rather disappointed. If you compare it to Avengers, if you compare it to Captain America, if you compare it to any of those, I don't even think it holds up. Hmm. That's all. If you are comparing it to the other one, yeah, sure, it's better. It's infinitely better. No pun intended. Fair. I was thinking of school for scoundrels, but you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, Thank he you. was the he was the worst Batman ever. I I honestly think uh, um, mm. th- that worst Batman ever goes to Clooney, um, and his nipple Batman. Did they design the nipples for the suit? Like, I want to know what went into they, that. They dev- they dev- I think they dev- I, I think they designed them all around uh, Clooney's actual nipples. They're very pokey, and they actually believe it or not. I don't know if anybody knows this, but George Clooney's nipples are bulletproof. They can be, he's been shot several times in the nipples. They bounce straight off. It's caused some problems because one shot off and killed a girlfriend. That's why he's been so afraid to marry for so long. Um, But otherwise, yeah, yeah. They're pokey. They're pokey. So we're running out of time, though. This is what I'm going to say. Jason and I are getting into this freaky documentary on HBO Max if you want to join us. What's it called, Jace? Q. uh, Who's Q? What is it called on it? Let me look at it. It's yeah, on it's a, uh, this QAnon thing that's on HBO Max. They are two last night, and then I don't know how many more there are. Called Q Into the Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we started watching it. So we're going to start just going through Talking that about and it breaking on it down. Yeah, yep. it's breaking down on Wednesday. And uh, all I'm going to say is that no matter what you think of the Zack Snyder cut on Amazon Prime this Friday, watch Invincible because it is am- those three episodes. That's so good. Oh my, they're a million times better than anything in the Snyder Cut. Watch 100%, 100%. it. You cannot, if you don't like it, come come DM me. Let me know and I will give you something to make it better. Because I don't believe anyone will do this. Listen, yeah. Cl- Cliff Dorfman for Batman, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Robert Kirkman, thank you. Invincible Amazon Prime. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody.